Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and we have Jonathan Troyer here from Efficient Labs again to talk about the past, present, and future of customer experience. For listeners who are joining us for the first time, here's a quick recap. On previous episodes, Jonathan discussed how he started the company and what a good customer experience is. Today, we're going to talk about customer experience trends in 2022 and 2023 and how technology is helping the CX industry evolve a time. I want to talk a little bit, and we've actually already kind of touched on some of this, but I want to talk in a kind of a little deeper about the just the past, present, and future, right? You've been doing this for mm. 22 plus years. Um, how have you seen the industry evolve? I mean, you've been doing, your company obviously has gone through the roof the last two years when you guys you know, got your seed money. What have you seen? What are the changes that you've seen? I mean, obviously, we don't have enough time to talk about all 22 or 23 years, but like, what yeah, have you seen? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what's interesting is the kind of the advent of the internet and the mobile device, those are actually the two things that change the customer experience more than anybody that works in customer experience. And the reason why I say that is because it moved the perception of the consumer to be front and center and to believe that they deserve something more than they were getting from the call center that you had to dial on the phone in the 90s and hopefully 30 minutes later, you get an answer and you just had to deal with it because that's how everybody was, right? So you started, you, you, you arm these consumers with the power to provide feedback about brands online with the internet and engage and so forth. And then you give them this, this device that gives them instantaneous gratification with the apps. And then, so you, you put those two together and you have to change how you treat consumers, right? So I think that was one thing that, or two things that really changed over the last 20 years. I think actually COVID has been, again, outside of the CX, but it has actually pushed the CX envelope further because it's forced all of these, you know, brick and mortar. We've been doing business this way for 20 years. Everybody comes into the office, gets their headphones on, and that's the way they work. It's forced all of them to rethink and reimagine how to, how to staff and resource and make money in the services area and then create new revenue work streams. So I think that's kind of the second one. And then the third thing that I think has been interesting is, is as these have happening, been happening, there's been a natural improvement of technology and analytics. And so when you think about that, you think about where analytics was in the 90s versus today, how much data you have, what big data can help you to do. You think about tech with whether it's bots or the, the self-service nature or just the technology of the product itself being more self-service and being able to do things on their own where they don't have to contact the service. So I think those are actually the three, th- three things or three areas that have really pushed forward CX and has nothing to do with CX itself. It has to do with supporting the products uh, as the products have evolved. And this is why we created Officium is because we didn't really think that CX was maturing and, and was being disruptive enough. And that's why we decided, hey, we think there's an opportunity here. And I think there's other companies out there. It's one of these things, me and my co-founders, like there's probably five Einsteins in the world today. We just don't know about any of them. Yeah. Um, and so there's probably four other companies just like us out there in the world. We just don't know about them. And they're thinking and dreaming about the same things. And if, if they have success, they either, you know, they grow in the IPO or they get bought by a bigger company because, you know, it's a great idea and they want it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I think it's, it is crazy because it is, it's one of those things where, I mean, I think of like technology as an example of where, you know, we have whatever it is, you get, you know, the new iPhone or whatever. Now it's like, 
but we have chips and other things that can make that we're ready for level two, level three, level 12, level 30, right? But it's like everything else has to catch up to certain things that are happening. And I think CX is kind of the same thing. Like you have your, the phones, you have this and CX like, oh, we got to kind of catch up. Now it's instantaneous. Oh shoot, now we have analytics. So we have even more yeah. information, yeah. right? Oh, and now we have certain companies that are doing customer service that, you know, now you're going to have drones that are going to be dropping off packages to you in San Francisco. Like, and that's going to happen within seven minutes of you ordering. Like there's always this like, shoot, yeah. we got to like, you always have to evolve. And that's why the fact that you guys have an R&D department that's, that's looking at what that looks like. Because the thing is, is the minute that you go, okay, I'm not worried about the technology. We got to kind of figure this out today. Then all of a sudden you're behind because there's somebody that's else right. that's going to be that's potentially right. looking right. at that technology to go, okay, what is the next step to this drone situation? Like, how do we do customer service through the drone or that's whatever right. that is, right? Like, what is yeah, that yeah. next level? And so it's, it's, um, I love the fact because it was already an archaic industry that I think needed some, some, obviously some jolting, right? And they needed some transformation. Um, and you guys have done that. And now you guys are looking at the future as well. So, and I know you can't give me too much about the future. I'm, I'm going to keep pressing on the future. I'm going to, we're going to talk about it a little bit. I know you can't leak too much information because it's, you know, it's R and D we got to keep it down, but um, hopefully you'll be able to share a little bit there. So what about, what other technologies, is there any other technology that, that you think that's played in the evolution of customer service? I mean, obviously the phone, iPhone, you know, being, being a hot one. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think the, the few that I've mentioned, I, I think that actually like the way some sub technology kind of areas is the way that data has been visualized. Yeah. You know, like you look at the tableaus, the lookers and those things where you make data visualization and data application uh, easier for the, a common person inside of a corporation to use and leverage. I think that helps an enormous amount just to understand, you know, who your customers are, how you're treating them. I think that's a component. I think I, th I think when you look at these different mechanisms uh, with big data, being able to not only have these rating systems online, but then be, you know, not every company allows you to do it, but a lot of companies will let you integrate into that and actually respond to those negative ratings. I think, you know, Yelp obviously lets you do that. So then, then they'll go back and change their rating because of how you treated them, you know? Mm. And I think so tech technologies where that's mobilized and, and so forth, I think that's interesting because they not only can provide the feedback in the early 90s or late 90s and early 2000s, they would just give the feedback and you didn't really have a mechanism. But now you have these mobile mechanisms where you can instantaneously respond to them. I think social proof, um, it's not a technology, but kind of is in the sense that the, the technologies that built so, the social media area, if you can create social proof and social perception, I also think, again, this isn't technology, but as you think about the future of services, imagine these creators and these influencers. It's not going to be too far in the distant future where you just have somebody that says, hey, I'm a services influencer. You tell me what your problem is, and I'm going to help you solve that problem. And we're going to do it live on air. So, you know, you're talking to me, I'm talking, I'm supporting, and I'm getting all of these coins from Twitch because I'm having my stream going. You know, that could be an interesting application that might happen you know in the future as well using some of these modern type of ways that we're thinking about engaging and gamifying kind of just the world in general but the service i think there's a lot of interesting plugs there i think behind the scenes you look at you know our you know a lot of bot stuff is happening like you know 99 of the bot stuff that's happening you don't even know there's a ton of like rpa and other type of bot stuff that's happening behind the scenes that companies are going to continue to to do and not tell you about, but that decreases their back end 
and their yeah. front end costs. So there's a lot of that stuff that's kind of happening that consumers don't think about. In addition to that, there's a lot of technology around marketing. Um, you know, for example, again, this has happened so many times. I don't mind sharing it on your podcast. My wife and I will be talking about something randomly. 10 minutes later, it shows up in a feed of my favorite social media and ad for what I was talking about randomly. So, so the listening systems and the data and how they then present that data to you because they believe that's what you want, right? That's, that it's all happening. And that's on the services side, that's going to continue to happen on the, even on the services side, it'll be called soft services, right? Those types of things. I mean, I've listed off a bunch of different things, but you can see a lot of those things starting to naturally be integrated into the future service stacks and the future marketing stacks and tech stacks that companies have. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing freaky about having you know inviting devices in our house and them listening to us and then offering you know the the you know it's like it's pretty crazy because I've had the same thing where I'm like this is just super crazy and I'm like is this a coincidence as a marketer I'm suspect of everything you know because yeah. I don't you know I never want to buy anything from like marketers I'm like I know what they're doing I'm not going to buy that and then ten minutes later I'm buying it and buying yeah, the bonus yeah. too and I'm like damn well, it I just got sucked. sometimes they know me better than I know myself I don't know yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think well, if you if you invite devices into your house, you should just have the expectation that they're going to try to deliver content to you that they think will be valuable. Which I think I think for I fight with that because I love the fact of that. Like, hey, guess and then I also think I think of it like on a this is not what we need to get into political stuff, but on a political thing, it's like, hey, you only see the stuff that of the political parties that you support. And it's like, but what about yeah, the other? Yeah. Like, what about trying to like even yeah, it out no, a little I, bit? You know, I get but it's that, but that's not going to make you any money, though. But I understand. No, this is this is very true. Now it will not. It'll drive you crazy. I, I'm not. I don't negotiate anything when it comes to political stuff. But I do the customer service side, or the at least, hey, let yeah. me. You know, we understand this is what you like yeah, historically. Yeah. This is what you bought, and then here here goes the next thing. So, um, I love that. I mean, like I said, it's a little it's a little freaky when you really think about it. People I think a lot of people want to ignore it, but it's clearly happening because it clearly yeah, yeah. you know we, we say something, and all of a sudden, like I was just talking about that. You're like. Yeah. Big brother's listening and he's following you and he knows what, everything that you're thinking. Um, so what are your predictions? So what do we got? 2022, 23, what are we looking at? I know we talked a little bit about some stuff. Don't, yeah. I know you can't give up the secret sauce, but anything that you're, I mean, obviously, you know, it, devices uh, in-house, that kind of stuff. Good question. I mean, uh, somebody asked me five years ago what I predicted 2050. I said, well, customer service on the moon, but we'll see. Um, so we'll see how that goes. So it might be a high cost labor market. So it might not work out. Potentially. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I think generally what you're going to see is more companies are going to invest in analytics and data, and then they're going to use that information, you know, to drive marketing and, and stickiness through services. More companies are going to invest in technology and they're going to use that to decrease the effort or they should use that to decrease the effort. They mm -hmm. might try to use that to commoditize service, which would be poor um, to do it that way. On the back end, more companies are going to invest in tech to do a lot of automation on the website itself. So it seems like it's a, a more seamless experience so the contacts yeah. never have to come in. Um, so I think I think that's going to happen. I think in addition, you'll, you'll see, I always like to work on the power three. So my third one is you'll probably see a lot more focus on where and how people work in the services area over the next three or four years. And I think you're going to see a lot of fun, fun stories, blogs, companies that are going to come out of new, the future of work, as I like to call it. And if you wanted a bonus item, um, the future of payments, like there are going to be more companies that accept crypto 
on the product side. So you can expect on the services side, they're going to be more companies that will pay in crypto. Yeah, it's incredible, man. It's kind of, it's interesting. It's, it's, I mean, it's evolving and evolving fast, right? There's always, that's the only constant at this point seems to be change. And it's awesome. Awesome. You guys just started taking crypto a long time ago. I think that's a, a good, a good move, but you guys are also in the gaming industry. So it kind of, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's like kind of, kind of goes hand in hand. So let's talk about a uh, customer as yourself, are right? you being a customer? And obviously we mm. all, you know, I know myself, like I said, as a marketer, I look at certain things and I'm like, I know what they're doing. You know, there's like, you're always like, I used to work in the restaurant industry, open restaurants. And so I'm, my wife and I are sitting there we're like, oh, we would have done this differently. You know, you're always critiquing stuff. Mm. Like what, what brands in your opinion are, are doing CX the right way? Like which brands have you, you know, I mean, was Zappos just kind of the, we talk about Zappos, right? But like, what, like, is there anybody else you're like, man, these guys, they get it. They've been crushing it. And it could be probably some of your clients actually. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, <clears throat> companies that really invest in a great experience, I think, are, are just few and far between. There's just yeah. not enough of them. Um, what I can say is I feel really comfortable with my experiences that I have with Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon, I think, what was the, I don't think, it, I don't know if this is the mission anymore, but the world's most customer-centric company or something that was their mission early on. Uh, I, I always have good experiences with Amazon, you know, in general, uh, customer experience. As it happens, um, I have a buddy that heads up Amazon customer service, so he does a great job. So <laughs> that's off to him. Um, but no, I, I like Amazon a lot. They do a good job. I, you know, there's some gaming companies out there that have really demonstrated some great customer service, uh, at least in my view. You look at the Kabam is a great gaming company. You look at, you know, Playdemic. EA, um, those have all been companies that I've had good experiences with, you know, on the services side. But I think when you look at like the medical side of the house is a, I don't know how large the company is, but it's definitely large in California. It's called One Medical. It's a private health network and they do a really wonderful job on customer service. In fact, I think they have this amazing model that if we had more time, you know, it's probably a good 20 or 30 minute conversation we could have about how they have actually built a 24 by seven cost-effective model to deliver a, a best-in-class experience without their uh -huh. patients, without their patients even understanding that that's what they've done, because their patients have just come to expect it now. Um, in fact, before everybody went virtual, they were virtual three years before. So anyway, so I think one medical, you know, they do a really good job. There's probably a few else out there. I tend to be kind of like mostly dissatisfied with my customer experiences that I have, especially, you know, with, with big companies, you know, in the, in the early days, you know, of Uber, I thought Uber had some good customer experience. I haven't really driven in an Uber for two years, so I don't want to give a, a, a view on that now, but in the early days, I thought they had a good one. In the early days of Postmates, mm -hmm. again, you know, I, again, I, I was a VP at Postmates, I'm biased, but I thought that we did a really good job, you know, there. There's a, there's a good, uh, kind of startup grocery company, Farmstead, that has good customer service. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of interesting companies out there. Dr. Squatch is another soap company. Um, yeah. They're not a client of ours, but I, I like their, I know their customer service director and they do a good job. So I think what you're starting to see is there's more and more of these companies, usually small to medium startup companies, because it's easier to transform in those environments than sure. it is bigger companies. But then like, if you put, the, if the customer ostensibly meaning your customer experience leader has a seat at the product table, then you're going to see a great customer experience. If they don't, then you're going to see a commoditized customer experience. It doesn't matter the talent and the company. That's just what's going to eventually happen.
the, the disconnect. It's the, yeah. you know, sales and marketing aren't talking and there's going to be an issue, right? That's it's right. kind of the same, yeah. same deal. All right, great. So this is, once again, I was pumped about this, this chatting with you today, once again, on the CX side of things and customer experience. And I think it's just, you know, once again, I feel like you, there's, we're only, we're at 2% where we need to be. I mean, honestly, with all the, the companies and the people that I've dealt with, you know, over the years, it's like, I just feel like we're behind. So you guys, obviously you guys are going to have a flourishing company. I'm not too worried about that. You guys are, you guys are only at the, the, the tip of the iceberg on this thing. But I do have a question for you. We get into the, what we call the fun section, which, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I hate to, I hate to call it the fun section because I feel like before we, we, we were kind of moving and shaking a little bit, you know, <laughs> but you know, who knows, maybe this is going to be more fun or, or we'll find out. But so any, do you have any like crazy customer service stories? Like I, I used to, there was one point in my career that I answered phones. Like it was at a, at a loan company. It was a friend of mine that owned it. And he's like, Hey, you want to work my call center? And I was like, not really, but he's like, Oh, come on, help me out. Like, you know, show these young guys what you got. And they would, I was terrible because I just hated calling people during dinner time yeah. while they're sitting down yeah. to eat. I didn't want to be that guy. And I'm that guy. I'm like, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, I know, God, I suck. Hey, we'll call you later. You know, talk to you later. So any good, any good customer service stories, like anything funny? I did have a funny one. It was a long time ago. So when I was a, a start, started VP of Postmates, I, I actually, you know, answered the phones a lot. And so I was walking, walking by and I noticed like one of my employees was, you know, visibly emotionally distraught and she had this really difficult customer um and so i picked up the phone and i chatted with her we'll just we'll just call her jane for, yeah so i chatted with jane and jane immediately was really frustrated at me she so what happens is like in the the delivery logistics when it deals with food when you say there's like an hour delivery window they get hungry at an hour and they get hangry at an hour and uh, 10 minutes and then an hour and 15 minutes they get what i like to call effing hangry um and so they just get really emotionally yeah. hijacked um which i mean i can understand but they get really hijacked and so it had been an hour and a half and she had just got her bagel order and it was wrong and 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 so she was really frustrated because it's her bagel order it's what she wanted from the joint that she wanted to have it and she berated me for like the first kind of five or ten minutes telling me how terrible my company was how terrible my people are all these different types of things and, and I said, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel this way. I understand the order is wrong. I'd like to make it right for you. I did all these things. And she stopped me and she's like, are you 25? And I, and I'm like, I'm not going to answer that question, ma'am. It's a, that's a PII issue. I can't tell you my age. She's like, you're 25 years old. You're just at a broken startup and you're 25 years old. So anyways, I was like, well, I'm not 25 years old, but if we could help you, you know, so I can get you your bagel bag. Yeah. Oh, we'll give you the refund. So we handled, handed it off and everything. And but um, it was just one of those surreal experiences where, like, people that work on the front lines every day, you know, we don't give them enough credit for, for some sure. of the challenging customers that they face. Like, in my opinion, it, being emotionally hijacked about a bagel that was late or that was wrong, it's not enough to make the other person, like my my employer, yeah, right. Crying, yeah. right? Yeah, and the you know, the bagel's not worth that, you know. And so, so it, it just I just give so much credit to those people every day that are kind of working on the front lines and handling those experiences because those those aren't those aren't those aren't easy. So that was kind of a funny, unfortunate one kind of thing. Yeah, you know, that happened. I, um, go ahead. No, I was going to tell you. You know, I I I'm a firm believer because I worked in restaurants when growing up. Like I literally, from I was a busser at like 15 years old or something. 
I, I honestly, I wish that everybody could work in the service industry because of what it does, it makes you understand working with people. And yeah, yeah. also, I think that what it does, and then you understand how to treat people because a lot of the times we do things like the lady that loses her mind over a bagel and you have to like, Helen, it's a bagel, sunshine. Like it really, it's a bagel. Like it's not yeah. like the blood that made it so that your husband was going to live or die. It's a bagel. And I understand that this is a lot and you can't say this, right? But in your world, this is crushing your soul. But at the end of the day, it's a bagel. And you didn't yeah. get your cream cheese. And I do understand that. And I do appreciate how much you love your cream cheese. But we don't have to get on Jane. We don't have to ride Jane like a donkey and make her cry because you didn't get your cream cheese. Like at the end of the day, Jane would yeah. bring you cream cheese if, if that was the big deal. If that was the, the, the deal breaker. So you don't yeah, talk yeah. to her that way. But it's you can't tell people yeah. that. But, I, yeah. I you know, I, I get it, though. So I think that that that's funny in the sense that like funny that like people would do that to another person. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, but it, but it also interesting in the sense of the, what these frontline people go through. I think on the flip side, I had this interesting experience with a big hardware store, and we'll kind of leave it at that, where they scratched my my kitchen floor, the wood floor that I had just redone when they brought the refrigerator in. And I called and I talked to like four or five of their service centers people, would never, couldn't figure it out. Nobody, they wouldn't refund us, wouldn't give us anything. I eventually had to do what I call the LinkedIn move where I reached out to their VP of customer service, you know, as a, at that time I was a VP and say, Hey, I don't think you know what's happening. I mean, I said, yeah. I don't think you know what's happening in your service experience because I don't think you would want this experience. If you just got your $10,000 floor scratched and you're not willing to do anything. And so of course he made it right. Right. But again, that talks about like that disconnect that you talked about earlier about, Hey, sometimes the executives have to understand what the, what's happening day to day to see what processes or policies are, are actually causing them not to be sticky. So that hardware store, I haven't shopped at since. And that was seven years ago, right? Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad he made it mostly right. Should have done, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but it's those types of things that you really have to, those types of experiences, you, know, you really have to focus on. Well, I think that's important, not only to make it right on your side, but also to let them know, hey, listen, like this is probably something you're not seeing. Right. Yeah, that's that's I, right. I enjoyed people. I can't say enjoyed. That's maybe a strong term. I, I appreciated it when people would tell me that there was some stuff going on that I didn't know about. I appreciated that. Now, I didn't like it when they're blasting me online and it was my number one review and everybody looked at it and it brought my reviews down. But yeah. I did appreciate the fact that, hey, like, let's bring this to my to the light and hey, we can make this right. And let me figure out what the deal was on this and I'll make it right. We'll figure that yeah. out. Yeah. So. All right. So another fun question here. So if we were to give you a hundred thousand dollars and I say, we, I guess I'm assuming my company or me, I don't know. Somebody just brings yeah. you cash in a briefcase, obviously, because that's what I do for my guests. Cause I'm a giver. Um, where would you go? Where would you go and why? Well, what I heard is I just got a new investor. And so, <laughs> so what I would be doing is I would be looking, uh, into Serbia. I'd be looking into Brazil, probably a country in South America, or potentially Africa, and using that seed money to incubate our uh, one of our, our first kind of labs in, an, in another country. That, that's what I would do. I like it. That's part of that 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 second 20-year plan. I like that. Most people are like, <laughs> I go travel. You're like, I'm going to travel to do some business because I already have that on my little whiteboard and my visions board. So I love well, that. Life is all about having purpose. This is true. This is very true. So what would be, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? This is going to be an interesting one being in the, in the service industry. What's, yeah. What are we, what are we thinking? My superpower. I think it, my superpower would be empathy. Mm. 
I know that may seem counterintuitive. I'm not the most sympathetic person. I'm not intentionally like a jerk or anything. But there are people like my co-founder I work with, Scott McCabe. He just naturally like he knows what people are thinking and feeling. And, you know, I'm not bad at it, but I'm not great at it. You know, it's, so, yeah. it, you know, and so if, if I could like just walk into a room and kind of gauge how people are thinking and feeling and then know how I can help them. I would love that superpower because I feel like I have a lot of other great skill sets and experiences, but even though I tutored for five years under those amazing leaders I mentioned earlier, I'm still not there yet. I still got lots of work to do. Well, sometimes that's, you know, it can be learned, but a lot of times it's a natural thing with just how you are with humans, right? Not to me, doesn't mean you're a bad person. just means that somebody can instantly tap in and know what's going to kind of what's going on. Sometimes it's a little more of a learned thing and sometimes it doesn't get to, you know, where your co-founders at. Yeah. So, Jonathan, this has been awesome, man. Uh, like That's I said, I, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I figure we'll interview you in another 20 years to make sure you took care of your other 20 years of stuff, right? I mean, that's kind of the goal. I don't know if it'll be a podcast. It'll be drones. I mean, we're going to have virtual 4D interviews. Of course. I mean, of course. Yeah. It'll be probably a clone version of me that should be better looking <laughs> and all the other go. fun there stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But hey, if anybody wanted to learn more about the company, uh, how can they get in contact with you and learn more about the company? I mean, you can reach out to me at jschroyer at officiumlabs.io or jonathan at officiumlabs.io goes the same place. Our website, officiumlabs.io. And then we have a presence on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, and on those those different areas as well. And then, I mean, we've, this, this, I think I just got to toot a little bit. I just got Entrepreneur of the Year from the Global Choice Awards for customers. You can go to their website and watch the video about video about that but yeah no it's it's been a, it's been a good year but those are the locations that they go to or they could reach to me reach me on linkedin as well man hey and you guys obviously we'll have all this in the show notes too you guys can click on the show notes jonathan it's been fun man congratulations on that look at thank that you, thank huh you. thanks yeah, for the time awesome. today. thanks jonathan for joining us on the marketing growth podcast it's been a pleasure to have you speak about customer experience what it is and how to deliver a good one If you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe. We are one of the top 33 business podcasts on iTunes. Next week, we'll talk to another marketing leader. So stay tuned for expert tips on various marketing and business growth related topics. 